Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always. It's the master of receipts, NYJ Matt. Matt, it's a defeat Monday. The Jets are 0 1. How are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. I tweeted it last night. There's two extremes, and there's always somewhere in the middle where the answer should fall. Is the season over? No. You tweeted out too in 2010, they list the Ravens week one. And I remember being at baseball practice, my head coach at the time said, oh, that's a big win. Looking at the schedule, that was a must-win game. It's week one. Good teams lose. The Packers lost. You don't think the Packers are going to be fighting for a wild card spot? And the Packers got blown out last year week one too. And they won 13-3. Yep. And then Aaron Rodgers won MVP. The other side of things though is no, not everything's a silver lining. You're now 3-19 and 19 in September and October under Joe Douglas. That yeah. is not good. And that we always talk about, that's when true fans that live and die this team all offseason are ready to go, and then you fall flat in September and October. And that is the most troubling sign. And then all these shitty teams, the Jaguars were competitive. The Bears won outright. The Giants won outright. All these teams that we laugh at that are ranked 23-32 to 32 that were like, oh, we're better than all won or competed. And the only teams that got blown out worse than us were the Packers and the Cardinals. So yeah, it's not a great day, but it's not over yet. Yeah. Look, the thing that frustrated me is a lot of fans liked what the jets did this off season. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you come out and you lose week one and it's a lot of doom and gloom, which I get. And the reason for that partially has to do with what you were talking about, where the jets just haven't been very good in the last couple of seasons, especially, early on uh, and not very good as putting it lightly, but you know, if you have some conviction and you think that the jets made good moves and you like what my, uh, Joe Douglas did, I almost just said Mike McCagnon. <laughs> uh, and, and you like what he did and you like where the team is going. And then you play a tough team week one uh, and you want to say, Hey, look, the jets played literally horrible and have no takeaways from it. I, I think that's a little bit frustrating as well. And that's one of the extremes that, that you mentioned. Yeah. So that was my point on Twitter last night. I know a lot of people are just frustrated and, you know, they just want the Jets to win a game or, or play a close game. But you have to – you can't ignore stuff that happened in the game. Tyler Conklin fumble, missed field goal, Brees Hall fumble, Michael Carter drops a touchdown. And all those things, you know, would have made the score look closer. The Jets wouldn't have won the game, but I, – I agree, and there's a play that you didn't mention, but by far the biggest play is there was a fumble that Clemens didn't fall on. And yes. then it was clearly there, and then it le leads to a touchdown. That swing, it maybe on Monday we're thinking to ourselves, "Hey, we got beat. We didn't play our best, but we kept it within, you know, double-digit points. We were down eight, down nine, last-second touchdown. We got it within a, a one-score game. All of that is is beside the point. The Jets' offense struggled to move the ball once they got to the fifty-yard line. It felt like there was a few drives that they sustained, and then immediately fell apart." The good, though, there are there is a lot of good. First of off, the good, the tailgate, had a great time. <laughs> the tailgate was great awesome. time. You know, rain held off the best it could. I feel cold. I feel sick today from yeah. going through it. But overall, it's a great tailgate. Get there at 9, 9.30, drink, have a great time, Jets chance. And then the 9-11 ceremony before the game was awesome. Um, the 100-yard flag, nothing better in football than week one. Um, and all the players running out. With, with the, the flags. huge flags, iconic. And the one that didn't was DJ Reed. 
And, and at first I'm thinking, oh, that's I didn't even think anything of it, but I saw he, he took a knee and, and ran forward and it came out that his dad passes moments before kickoff. Ooh. And he goes out there and puts up the number one PFF grade out of all cornerbacks in the NFL. So just an unbelievable, that's how you become, I mean, he's a, he's, he got a fan for life in me comes out there the day after the hour after his dad passes plays great football um, and represents the team. Well, so everything prior to one o'clock, pretty good. I was enjoying it. Yeah. And even, yeah, Connor Hughes had a tough tweet with DJ Reed. He kind of called him out for celebrating when the Jets were losing by a lot, but he didn't know. And look, there were a lot of Connor tweets yesterday that I hated, and and it is what it is. And again, Connor, friend of the program, you know, I've known him for a long time. I did not, li- I did not like a lot of his tweets yesterday. That was just bad luck. The, anyone who gets mad there. about that is idiotic. Yes. Clearly didn't know. And now he knows he deleted, he apologized. Very simple. That's, That's not, but the problem 100%. with Connor is even like the Giants, they wanted the two point conversion. He was like, awesome move, loved every second of it. And I just know for a fact if the Giants mm-hmm. lost on it, he would say, classic Giants, they like no reason to do that there. So his tweets yesterday weren't great. He even like the yesterday bro- that Ryan Tannehill stinks. Like, what kind of tweet is that from yeah. a beat reporter of a team? Like Rich Samini's not gonna tweet a ridiculous thing like that. You might not we like can Rich tweet Samini. that. Not him. We tweet that. We're not the beat writers of the team. And then Bryce Hall, a play that we'll jump around a bit, but Bryce Hall's touchdown, really good coverage. And I, I get it. I get why people are frustrated. He, you know, could he make a, a better play on the ball? Hard to argue. Yes, he played Did great coverage on the play. It's like yeah, the it was the yeah, most yeah. well-guarded play in four years that was completed. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get it. Fans are gonna be mad. I'm taking bullets because on one end last night, I was very frustrated. I said, look, you're three and nineteen in the September and October games. It's not good enough. Um you know, I was very critical. I would have, I would have went for the fourth and two, but it's a, it's a coin flip. Whatever. I didn't like Salah coming at Garrett Wilson after the game, and Maybe Garrett Wilson on third and ten makes an unbelievable cut twice, makes two guys miss, and you know what? He's not wrong. Where if Wilson doesn't cut back left, he gets the first down. Yeah, but, but that's not like the problem with this game, <laughs> right? And the fact that you call that out. Is so problematic. He didn't play a snap basically for the first quarter of the game. We we're sitting in the stand asking where he is. He ends up what four for fifty-two. I think that five for fifty-two. They had four for fifty-two. He had. Um, they broke down the, the. I think they just had eighty-four offensive plays, which is obviously a lot. Elijah Moore played seventy-five snaps. Corey Davis is out there like sixty snaps, and then Barrios and Garrett Wilson were both like thirty-nine or forty. So yeah. I think the Jets figured out early on that Garrett Wilson has to be on the field at every second, which he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked good. He had that nice play over the middle also. Flacco hit him a little uh, dig route over the middle. I mean, look, I, I thought there was a lot of good. Yeah, and, and Wilson I, caught the garbage time, like two minutes left. Almost hit, got tackled the three or four yard line. I rewatched the highlights because I left after with like two minutes to go. I was already in the parking lot. Um, which I don't care. I'll say that because no, you're I dad. have an easier way home. I could just take the train back to the city. You have to drive back. Well, it's, I mean, dad your dad is DD and is the nicest guy ever. He's like, <laughs> I, I need to go. He's like, I'm done. I'm like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Um, and no, then, it was time. It was time. And the, um, yeah, it was cool. The Jets targeted Garrett Wilson at least four times in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to see some of those come to fruition, but I was like, to- he really had any plays that he could have made a plan and didn't. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the easiest thing, too, is to kind of go position by position because um, we'll talk about points of the game. Like, Flacco, I think, is getting too much hate today. Um, too much hate? What the hell? Look, 
Yeah. Too much hate. The whole flagger thing is ridiculous. And this is the stuff that bothers me with the Monday morning quarterback nonsense. People are saying they should have, you know, they should use Mike White going forward. I'm not saying it's a crazy take to say you should start another quarterback, but the Flacco stuff, he was okay. And there were multiple drives that we talked about before that ended that could have been points that just weren't and that weren't on him. And there were drives that were on him. Of course, the interceptions on him. He missed a couple of receivers. But Cager yeah. did fall on that pick. So, like, is that a 50 50 ball? Like, it's just knocked down if Cager. Right. It doesn't have to be an interception, but it's probably not the best throw. Corey Davis dropped a first down early in the game. We punt. Who knows what happens? Again, we talked about the two fumbles. Uh, there's just multi- missed field goals. He was pressured like 19 times. Offensive like, line was very disappointing. And Lakin obviously being the, the biggest disappointment, getting at, what, eight pressures. AVT had a 90 run blocking grade and only had three pressures. I rewatched the highlights today, and I always just wanted to look at AVT to see what he did and never really got beat off the ball from what I saw. So yeah. all, all of that, I agree with you. I think Flacco hate is overrated. He was a game manager. He obviously can't extend the play, but also how can you extend the play when you're getting like pressured 19 times up the middle on the outside? So I get it. I think Flacco hate, and I think we both agree is a little too much. Start him in Cleveland. If things are really going that bad, I, you know what, whatever. Wilson's going to be back anyway to keep Flacco in there. I absolutely am starting Flacco in Cleveland. Joe Flacco is a top five backup quarterback in the NFL, and he has to play next week. I don't think that's a discussion. I don't know why people are so upset with him. I thought the running backs were okay. Michael Carter was good. Michael Carter made some really nice runs. He had a sick play, also uh, catch and run. He's just breaking tackles on the sideline, never goes down. Of course, he starts the game with like a 19-yard run. And Brees Hall was fine. Yeah, and, and drops happen. Like the drop touchdown, I hate. Obviously, it's a big play on fourth down. But it's interesting. I want you to go back and watch the highlights when we're done with this. The third down before that, I think Brees Hall was a third down running back. And you kind of see him run the same route that Michael Carter did, but to the right. And it was like a very lazy route from Brees Hall. You could see that like he looked there and he kind of was going through the motions. And then you watch the fourth down play and you watch Carter foot in the ground, sprint left and beats his guy by two yards. It was a great move. And it obviously sucks. He didn't score. He's definitely going to eat that moment. But yes, Brees Hall had a few, I think two runs um, of over 10 yards, which again, remember we talked about Le'Veon Bell being on the Jets. He had like three runs in his career over 15, 20 yards. Run is 19 yards with the Jets. So it's crazy, right? So, um, Running back's fine, and then Davis, Corey Davis, it's a little behind him that throw, but a drop that he could have had, and then bounced back really well with seven catches. So, and more too. So, receivers, I'm fine with too. Look, yeah, if if Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson combined for what 15 catches every game is fine. Obviously, Fleck threw the ball 59 times because the Jets were losing, but the receivers were fine. The tight ends not really existent. Obviously, Conklin had the touchdown, but the fumble killed them. Well, that I, fumble is such a weird play. Obviously, Conklin gets the first down, fumbles backwards behind the first down, so then he has to kick a field goal. Yeah, <laughs> and then Uzama only had I think twenty three percent of snaps or something like and that. He had so. twenty three snaps out of eighty four. Oh, okay, still whatever. Not that's around twenty five. Yeah, it's around. Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> so yeah, so tight ends too. Um, and then Max Mitchell held his own, I guess. Like, what what yeah. else can you do as a as a rookie? Uh, fan a little underwhelming, ABT good, McGovern okay. So you put all that together. That, we don't get that, that, um, the identity that we're looking for. I still can't picture in my head what I want the Jets to do on offense next week. You know, I mean, I could think of something I would like, but what are the Jets really going to do next week? Are they going to run the ball 30 times and, and keep the Browns on their heels and then run some play action? I don't know. I have no idea. Are they going to run a nice two tight end set? Yeah, and I didn't hate the game LaFleur called. I don't maybe okay. love the personnel that's out there and not having Wilson, but 
I was thinking the crowd, like, I hope they run it here. And they ran it. And I was like, I hope they do play action here. And they did it. It's like the first I, time was a weird formation. Everything other than that was pretty normal. There was not any, like, last year, Booth LaFleur came out and did some crazy shit. There's a mm-hmm. million trick plays. Um, but the first drive, it was just, they, the Jets just had Elijah Moore in the field with three tight ends and, for the whole series, which was weird. And they didn't yeah. get a first, they got the first first down with Carter running. And then they went, uh, you know, three and out after that. So, uh, yeah, that you know, you want to use your three tight ends, that's fine. Kaiser played like 10 snaps, but man, I want to see an identity next week. Run the ball. I hope Brees Hall and Michael Carter both have 10 plus carries next week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary when you, you throw the ball 59 times, you score nine points. That's not, that's not, that's not usually a thing, right? Yeah. You usually put up. So, I, honestly, I think the Jets' offense played well enough to put up 17. That's not going to win you enough games, but it would have been more manageable. Probably even more. They missed. The, they literally missed a field goal. Missed a touchdown from Carter. Fumble, drop, touchdown, you know. So, let's switch gears. We I think we touched on the offense enough. The defense is a tale of two extremes that actually are extremes, where you had three to four guys play like exceptionally well. And this is just yeah. based on PFF grading. You had three and four guys that played pretty bad, right? So Quinnen is a guy that I tweeted out after the game and we're at the game. So I'll own this one forever. I said, outside of that, you know, pass deflected on third down, I didn't see a lot of Quinnen and people rightfully on Twitter were like, he was really good in the run game. Perfect. I can't see everything from where we are. He eats the blocks and he had like a 91 uh, grade, which is the highest D tackle, which is great. Good on Quinnen. He needed yeah. one of those games to kick off the year. I'm also sick of this stupid rotation. It's so annoying. The rotation's I mean, not great. Enough of this bullshit. Play the fucking guy. If he's an $80 million guy, like they're going to have to pay him, Quinn, if they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. He has to play more than 30 out of 60 snaps, right? Maybe it's the first game. I know they're going to use a rotation for sure. But maybe, like I'm hoping if the Jets have 60 defensive snaps down the line, he has he plays 45 of them. Well, did yeah. the rotation, and we don't love it, but did that lead to one halting the Ravens' run deep offense, having fresh bodies in there, like a Nathan Shepard eating up blocks, bringing rankings, you move guys around. Yeah. Or you could argue maybe Quinn was as effective as he was being in 91 PFF grade because he wasn't in there for too many snaps. It's a good point. And to be clear, the defense I thought was very good. Mm-hmm. They stopped the Ravens a lot. Of the, the Ravens had six punts. Um, they forced the fumble. They're smashing people. People are flying around. I just think I just hope that Salah is more flexible and play the star player. But you're right. Quinn, if you know, graded out well. But you have to have an exception for your strategy, you know? Play your guy and then rotate everybody else a million times. Yeah. And the edge I'm fine. It's like you have guys that we really like, like a Lawson, Clemens, Jermaine Johnson, guys that can mix around where both of them, Jermaine Johnson getting a half sack yesterday. Um, I, I really nice feel move. like. It was a nice move. Beautiful move. And there's another great rep that Nania tweeted out from Lawson. It was on the touchdown that um, Lamar threw over work. Jordan Whitehead. Really yeah. good pressure. Just didn't get to him. Um, but I kind of wish the the only knock I'll have on that front seven is when uh, Juwan James goes down, you're on a third-string left tackle who's a backup center. You want to maybe exploit that matchup more and cause some game-changing plays and really get after Lamar Jackson there. But overall, Quan had some big hits, and I was fine with the way Quan played. Yeah, Quan's sick. He's crazy. He's crazy. And it was tough because Jordan White had a two really nice hits and then gave up that touchdown. He was on the one touchdown in coverage and then him and Joyner t- collectively um, yeah. on that long 60-yard touchdown. And you Joyner, don't want to lose two guys yeah. in the secondary. You just don't. It's got to be, you know, it's tough to play against Lamar and the Jets were blitzing. It seemed like the Jets were blitzing a lot. Again, 
that's just from a naked eye view in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and on those plays, you know, it's just one-on-one receiver and safety. It's, you know, would be a blitz, but I thought, yeah, Whitehead hit Lamar hard, especially early. They got some good licks on, on Lamar. Um, the forced fumble was a, a friggin' smashed him. There was some pressure. It wasn't easy for the Ravens. It wasn't. And the most impressive thing that I love to see out of the Jets defense, and this is one of my favorite takeaways of the game, to start the half, Jets had them at third and 10 and clearly got to Lamar Jackson, was all around him. And I think when you came back and I was telling you about it, he comes out and somehow gets a first down. Like, yeah. unbelievable run. I don't know how he did it. I saw it after the fact. And it was deflating. I literally felt that was our chance to get the you know, ball back. And I feel like, oh, here we go again. Here's the drive. And the Jets immediately force three downs and out right yeah. after that first down and get the ball back. And that's a that's a culture-changing play that I don't think we would have done a year or two ago. I think we would have laid over. It would have been 17-3 immediately and we're dead. And at least we gave our offense a chance. So I'm very, very proud with multiple times to just give a first down and the Ravens are around the 40 and they halt them and get the ball back. And yeah, maybe they flip the field too much where we get the ball, I think, a couple times inside around 15-20. But I was thrilled with the entire defense. Um, and I, I didn't mention one guy yet, but I'll see what you where you go next. Yeah, well, they also stopped the Ravens after the Flacco pick. And the Ravens, uh, it was Marcus Williams' return. It's like the 20-yard line. And they held him to three. But speaking of flipping the field, our punter, Mr. Brayden Mann, I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. He it's looks problematic. terrible. Even you, the one punt that that it looks good at the end of the game because it bounced was the worst kick ever. He kicked the ball like 14 yards in the air on a line and just rolled down the field. But I was I was on autopilot for start some of the game and I was watching that punt and you had oh no and I kind of look up and I see the ball in the air bounce and you're like that was a cold shank that got lucky so, <laughs> it was the worst kick he kicked it just he kicked it like on the floor so uh, i guess the morstead signing last year where he played really really well yeah was the first sign of oh shit is a veteran punter better and safer than Braden man who has higher upside it, it was ugly very very ugly he's got to clean it up now was it a bit misty and that's why the ball came off his foot wrong? I don't know. The Ravens punted fine. So it was it was very bad um for Braden Man and Greg Zerline too. I thought we thought <laughs> he made it. I always look right at the referee and I saw him go no. And I think you thought you saw him go hands up. I thought it was in. And, and no, then I was it, like... it looked clean. It looked like a clean kick. And usually the crowd reacts from behind the goalpost. You hear them start like groaning. Yeah. And I thought it, I thought he hit it. So it was um yeah. I'm like high-fiving people and then you're like he missed I was like no <laughs> that was it, it was brutal um Ugh. and Salo very critical very critical of Zerline after the game um yeah really thinking, make that kick yeah 45 those are ones you got to have it um center hash so the one thing we didn't touch on yet we talked about DJ Reed being the number one corner rated by PFF with the interception yeah but Sauce Gardner when he was out there. It's the kind of guy that you just you want to zone in on and look at him the entire time. And we did that a lot when um the Ravens were going north south from our seats. Every time we saw Sauce Gardner on our side, we were watching him. And only two plays, I think more in a zone. They got maybe like eight yards, seven yards, but I think what was the stat? 34 pass attempts. Yeah, one one reception yards. for eight yards. Sick. That's it's a lockdown. It's a lockdown. It's when in years past, like in 2020, 
when there isn't too much to root for. Um, even last year, there's young guys like Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. This team has like nine to 12 guys that are young, exciting, that no matter what the score is, I can still look at the game and be like, holy shit, Sauce Gardner is dominant. And he'll have tests coming up. There is a lot of good receivers on the Jets schedule this year. As most teams, every team really has a number one guy. But you look ahead, Jamar Chase coming down a week and a half from now. And he just put up crazy numbers. So you get that opportunity, which I can't wait to see. Um, so uh, what, a, what a big, big pick. If he plays a full season healthy and has these games where Mark Andrews, the top two tight end in the NFL, toe-to-toe with in perfect coverage and stops touchdown. Yeah. And like I tweeted out the Jets, all four of the Jets uh, big rookies had some nice plays. Garrett Wilson was productive. We talked about Brees and Sauce and Jermaine. There's a lot. So coming into the game, we were saying, look, the Jets have a lot of good players. It's a deep roster, deeper than we've seen. I think a lot of guys played pretty well. I'm most disappointed with the offensive line by far mm-hmm. of, the, of this team. I think that was, you know, it sucks not to have your left tackle, and then you move fan back to left tackle, so you're missing one of your guys. But, you know, got to – that's the one area where it seems like, and the Jets are spending money. They've invested in it. I think they have the either the first or second highest cap hit in terms of offensive linemen in the NFL, and also the first or second on, on the defensive line. So the defensive line played well. The defense was really good, I thought. I was very happy with, you know, just making the Ravens work for every inch. Um, they swarmed well, too. The, the, the gain tackling, they really yeah. feel like they didn't miss too many tackles. Um, just, I, I, I every moment I leave the game, every hour since I've felt more comfortable than I did than I left the parking lot. Yeah, because look, fuck the Browns next week. It's Jacoby Brissett. The Browns ran all over the Panthers last week, but the Jets run defense looked pretty good. I think I'm happy Jacoby. that Browns won that game too. I think the yes. fact they won that game and not coming in 0 1 and a little more hungry, um, I think that's a bit better. Me too. Again, I'm not scared of this guy. Jacoby Brissett was like 18 for 34, 147 yards. They obviously could run the ball well, but they don't have a sick receiving core at all like they used to the Browns. Um, yeah, but good luck. I think the Jets have a good chance next week. And again, that's the whole point. If the Jets are one on one after next week, so they come out, they play a normal game, they win. You can't have these reactions that people are having after one game. It's just too much. Yeah, if but you're if listening, you're, if we're all in four, go crazy. Mm-hmm. Literally throw a riot. And I agree. I, I don't give a shit. But yeah, if you're listening this far in advance, like you don't want to be that fan. It's very easy to say, I took my time to be frustrated. And then I got really pissed once I had the evidence to do so. Then jump off the bandwagon. Like multiple tweets of me yesterday from like normal accounts. The season's over. Crazy. Did you expect one to beat the Ravens? And really that that game probably is like a 10 point game. That's um, my point. Did that not deserve to win. Did not yes. deserve to win. We're not saying they deserve to win, but yes, it should have been exactly. closer. If the Jets lost 45 to three and people want to really freak out, I still disagree, but fine. Mm. 24 to nine when it could have been a closer game. And there are clearly things that we could take away. And it's not the moral victory bullshit. It's just what happened in the game. Have to be honest with what happened. And this is not a disaster like we've seen the last couple of years. They played tough. They're in the game. Most of the game. This now, would clarified potentially as a normal loss. I really, I would yeah. consider it to be a normal loss, which this you know historically. Not, yes, this is not a disgusting loss. It's not a huge blowout, you know. So 
We'll see. I, I think the Jets I have a good chance to win this week. I do. I want to see what you think about my tweet. I got a lot of traction last night, and maybe unfair, maybe fair, but Joe Shane, he's what? he's 1-0 in September as a GM. Douglas is yet to win a game in September in three and a half years. So No, that's disgusting. And I, it, I tweeted it. People got mad at me for saying it. And the worst people on the planet, and if you're listening, and this is you, you got to stop it. <laughs> they always say Douglas's rebuild started truly in 2021. Like, I, I fundamentally disagree with that. But people are also saying this is the true year. Th- like, this is the first year. Like, no. if you're saying his first year is 2022, don't forget, Adam Gates did not coach a single game until Joe Douglas was GM. So they were tied at the hip. And Joe Douglas is far superior as a human being and a an actual job role responsibility than him. But if you have that same leash with Joe Douglas, which he's earned the right to get more of a leash than Gates, who was obviously fired. Imagine people saying, oh, Gates, like year four, now we get to really be <laughs> critical of him. Because... Yeah, Gates didn't have that team before. It was McKagan's team, so why didn't he get the same leash? Why he didn't is he's a scumbag, a horrible leader. He built no culture. He deserves to be fired after year one, let alone year two. So perfectly fine. I just need the Douglas. The praise for Douglas should be for his trades that he did execute, not the ones he didn't, because I think he missed out on some opportunities. We talk about Trent Williams all the time. But I have a question for you about what Salo said in the Michael K show an hour ago. Yeah. Did you see what he said? He's being a maniac, Salah. Maybe this is a good thing because he does yeah. a lot of coach speak. And it's always, we're developing, we're young, we're getting. Like He said that Joe Douglas took over an expansion team in 2019. Which, a wild take. Which really, there. I mean, how many people are left in 2019? Like Nathan Shepard, uh, Quinn was there in 2019. Yeah. Like, there's a few guys, right? But Mosley. To say that, when you have those players still in the league, like, People are pretending, oh, they had no one left on that team. There's like more than 20 players on the 2019 Jets that are currently on a roster. Like, how do you feel? Like, when you hear that quote, like, <laughs> probably make you more hungry. I- I'm fine with the quote. He's not horribly wrong because that team was horrible, but they won seven games. Salah, maybe you should win half of that, right? right like, with an expansion like, team. <laughs> come on. No, it's it's an easily ridiculed quote, especially because you could also say, oh, then fine. But then the 2020 draft, by all accounts, has been garbage, even though at the time it seemed like, a you know, Becton was starting and Mims and Bryce Hall man looked like a decent pick. Ashton Davis contributing, but that draft now looks terrible. It's something that's been floating around. You know, everyone likes to key in on that, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I was not expecting solid to say that <laughs> he doesn't usually say anything. He's usually very calm. And then he just makes a crazy quote. Um, He's pissed. He's feeling the heat. And and I don't think the crowd was even that bad yesterday. I think the crowd booed one time. It was like fourth and two. Yeah, they were fine. And then they, I, think, uh, I think Salah, what did he also say? He said that he's going to keep receipts on people who are giving up, which I love. I, that's the one I would say, good. If you give up on us, go fuck yourself. That I'm totally fine with. The quote, though, about we evaluate every position for now. Joe Flacco is our starting quarterback next week. I, I, I'm very convinced that Mike White is going to start. Because they do weird things like that all the time where they put out mis- – like they kind of say something that's 50-50 and then they go the other way. Like I would not be shocked if they lose and they're 0-2 and Flacco plays okay. Like Mike White just starts week three and then Wilson week four. And that the problem with doing that is you ruin your, your production because Mike White could go out there 
and embarrass himself like he did against Buffalo. I don't think Joe Flacco has the ability to do that. I think at worst, Joe Flacco is going to lose you a normal football game, and you can still develop a Wilson, a Moore, a Carter, a Hall. The offensive line has the same voice. You throw Mike White in there, everything can be different. No, I agree. That's kind of the reason I'm happy with Flacco starting until Zach Wilson comes back. And even in this game, we said, you know, who knows, even with Zach Wilson, what the hell he could do. He could have a strange game where he has like 11 completions. But, you know, I'm excited to get Zach back. And I know Nanny was tweeting today. There were some plays that he was highlighting that maybe Zach would have fared better than Flacco. And it was all kind of stuff you would expect. Like, you know, Flacco rolled out and maybe Zach Wilson's faster. He could get around the edge or, or whatnot. It kind of, you know, a little reaching. And I think it's a reach. I saw the yeah. tweets too. I, I, I get it, but that's like, yeah. Like what if he gets out there and then throws it across his body and throws a pick? Like, I don't know. Like I, <laughs> yeah. what evidence do I have to show that he will get that done outside yeah. of a Tennessee game? No, I'm excited. Yeah. Just looking forward to getting him back, but I really think the Jets are going to win this week. I, I like, I'm very, I'm, Happier than I thought I would be with the defense. The defense was really flying. They look like a like a good, good unit. Like a really good. This can be a good defense. And next week we're going to play normal football. It's going to be more cohesion, less Lamar Jackson running around scaring us. Less, you know, we have to play from behind. Hopefully, you know, they got to get out into a lead. I'm excited to see this team play with a lead to on offense. What they'll do. I'm trying to see if they have the um, the the team stats posted yet, so we can see where we are before Monday Night Football and total offense and total defense. Well, the yards they're probably not awful on offense. That's what I'm going to say. It's like three hundred seventy yards or something of offense. Here, I have it up on ESPN. Let's see. Wait, the 49ers give up 105 yards. Yeah, Justin Fields had like 110 yards passing. They got sacked a million times. The Jets had 378 total yards of offense and only allowed 274. So, you know, it's a lot of it garbage time and whatnot. But what the fuck did the Bengals do yesterday? Are we sure that we're terrified of playing them week three at home? No way. They burrowed through four picks and got sacked like six times. Yeah. Like, what are we? Are, that's why I mean, any of these teams, fuck all these teams. I'm scared of the Packers and I'm scared of the Bills. And I don't want to play the Broncos either. <laughs> But the, and those are three teams. We play the Bills twice, four games. Everybody else, we can win, especially next week. I'd rather have Joe Flacco than Jacoby Brissett. I'd much rather. I just get scared about Miles Garrett if he just wrecks a game plan. Like what? Like what if he just doesn't allow us to do like anything on offense? Got to run the ball. Got to throw it. Chip him. You know, it's the, just the stuff the coaches say. We'll just chip him. You know, throw a tight end in there. Conklin. Conklin will push him before he rushes. And then he can't go anywhere. Yeah, hopefully. That's it. It's guaranteed W. So predictions for next week. Um, we won't pod until probably after that, but give me yeah. your your prediction. I really think the Jets are going to win the game 24-17. to 17. I think it's going to be a good game. I think they're going to play a complete football game. I liked what I saw in the receivers, although there could be more separation. I want more to the tight ends, run the ball, protect the quarterback, and more of the same from the defense. Yeah. I think there is a sense of urgency for this team that we have not seen in a very long time. Because yes. if they lose this game, the wheels are truly potentially falling off where you have to play, even though we just talked to you about the Bengals, right? The yeah. Super Bowl team from last year. And then you have to go to Pittsburgh, a team 
that beat that Bengals team with a Hall of Fame head coach, in my opinion. So they're tough. They're tough. You don't so want to You have two tough matchups. So if you're like, if you can't get the Browns on a back of a quarterback, that is how urgent I think this game is. Where I think the Jets are going to put up 31 points. I do. Good. I think they're going to find like they're going to explode. They're going to say, we can't do this shit anymore. They're going to prepare very well and they're going to put up 31 points. Now, I think the Browns are going to pick up 27. I'm picking 31, 27, New York Jets football. We'll see where it goes. I tweeted that they're going to win 27, 23 last week. I think I'm going to continue to this trend where I'll never tweet out a loss prediction and just <laughs> see how mad people get like uh, over time. And just like one account is going to find all these tweets like this guy's never predicted them to lose. And that's part of the shtick. But I, <laughs> I think, I think there's a, like I said, I, I don't think they're going to win necessarily because they're the better team. I think they are going to win because they have more urgency than truly any other organization right now because of the playoff drought. And because year four of a GM that, you know, if you go three and set 14, you are on the hot seat a hundred percent. Oh yeah. And I, I hate it. I don't want Douglas to be fired. I don't want Salah to be fired. And I do think Salah will guarantee himself another year just because of the culture he's brought. But Mike, tell me this, and this is, I hate to go this route with five minutes to go, but picture a doomsday scenario that I don't want. And you have a top four pick in this draft. Every single thing is on the table. Every single thing, including Irish, the quarterback. Irish on that, that's what Joe Beningo said today. And I, I disagree with like every Joe Beningo take ever. But in the event you do get a top five pick, that is 100% on the table. They're arguing if Woody Johnson's smart enough to like have that conversation without tampering. They're like, do you <laughs> think he's capable of like having this go through and not fuck up the Jets draft selections? And I'm like, probably not. But the, another thing that I hey, hate Sean. is there's too much Woody Johnson hate. And I What's don't... up with the Woody Johnson? Hate? What did he do? He hired the coach and the GM that everybody wanted now. And they just, and then they go three, four, and 13. Well, all right. Sorry. Like, <laughs> it's trying. The organization is seemingly well run. People want to come play here now. People are saying, you, you, you know, hired the top guy we wanted. What are we doing? You know, whatever. I don't know. I, I think it's a little I like Woody Johnson. I always did. I think he's like an old man. It's kind of funny. And I, yeah. every sports talk show will be talking about how poorly run they are. But if you agree with the head coach hire, the GM hire, you like the moves the GMs make. I think it comes down to one common denominator. It's like, we got to schematically coach this team better and perform better on Sundays. Or we can say what well, fans will say is, well, I'm not a fucking scout. I don't know what to look for. Like, I'm just a fan. But have some conviction in your take one time for me. Yes. One time, have conviction in your take. That's it. Don't say you love the whole offseason. And then after week one, you lose to a, a team that is predicted, you know, top 10 Super Bowl odds. And you lose that game. And then you say the season's over. Don't do it. If we're 0 yeah. 4 and you want to start a riot, I will join you in the riot. If they, they're 0 and 4. Riot. Done. 100%. Everyone should riot. We'll, we'll get torches. We'll get fires. I'll get some hay. We'll light it on fire. And I'm in. But what's Not our cause? Because if you're 0-4, you have to rally around a common cause. And Just the problem is in, tw- in 2020, you could rally around the fact that we should fire Adam Gates and we are all on the same page. But then you got to the point of half people wanted to keep Sam, half people wanted to tank. And that was not a common goal. And last year, the common goal was win every game you can. And in the final two weeks, we were like, if it ha- if you lose, you lose, whatever. What is the common goal if this team's 0-4? 
Because a lot of people are not going to be Team Fire Sala, and a lot of people are not going to be Fire Joe Douglas, which I think will fall in that camp that we don't want that to happen yet. Yeah, but I don't want Sala to be fired this season. I don't, but, you know, it, I guess it depends how you're losing games or what's happening. If you're getting blown out, you just can't get blown out every week. You can't do it. So can't. And, and as always, the mobility of quarterbacks currently in the NFL is astonishing. Like, would it surprise you? It would surprise me, but would you be clearly shocked if a guy like Lamar Jackson has an, a decent to good year and just doesn't want to take a contract and the Ravens trade him for like three ones, three twos and like an insane deal. Any quarterback in the NFL right now can move any, like other than the top seven, eight guys, like again, Derek Carr, say the Raiders go eight and nine this year in a, a tough division like that. And the Raiders want to start fresh and have a rebuild. Would it shock you if Derek Carr is a quarterback for the Giants next year? Things move so fast. In Even this the league. top seven or eight guys are not safe. Russell Wilson moved. Tom Brady just moved. Roger said he was thinking about moving, retiring, whatever, getting traded. Yeah, I guess my I was thinking like the young, like the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. Like yeah. those guys will be locked in by their team. But you're right. There, you have guys like that that move. And Even the mobility, Kyler Murray, there were some rumblings. Of him that's why there. I don't think this team's ever. If you build it the right way, and we love our defense, and you have premium blue check guys like avt like sauce gardner like michael carter Brees hall garrett wilson elijah moore if something were to go haywire at quarterback which i hope it doesn't happen because you just invested the number two overall pick in a draft in this guy if he doesn't stay healthy or if he underperforms i don't think that immediately means a three-year rebuild which in the past it would mean that well that's a good point it's like there are definitely other avenues to go where i can't handle another three-year rebuild but to your point it seems like the jets do have the roster in place you just got to get a quarterback Maybe it's Zach. Maybe it's Flacco. Flacco's Vinny Testaverde. I don't know. He still could be. You don't know. No one knows anything. Everyone acts like they know everything. No one knows shit. Did, Flacco did they could win come out and win 16 games in a row. Who knows? Did they win week one in 98? They no, they were 0-2, and but then Testaverde oh. was like, But it wasn't with Vinny. It was oh. fucking Glenn Foley. Uh, I mean... Nobody knows. You don't know what's going to happen. Flacco could come out next week and go 27 for 38 with 310 yards and three touchdowns. And then what are we, what everyone going to say? Oh, Flacco's amazing. Or they're going to say the team still sucks. I don't know. No one's even killed anymore. Have some, you know, I just, I like the Jets in the offseason. I'm looking forward to Sunday. I think they're going to play a good football game and I think they're going to win. We got one minute left. Are you coming home Sunday? Yeah, let's watch the game Sunday. All right, we'll make it work. Yeah. Are you coming here Saturday? You have that other party? It's Miranda's uh, birthday. I got to let you know. Yeah, we have that festival or some fair that we have tickets to, but I'll keep you posted. I'll text you group chat. The medieval times? You're going to a fair? Hey, the fall is a tough time. You know that. Summers are tough. Summers are tough. (laughs) (laughs) Great callback. All right. Thanks for listening, Mike. Have a good one, and we'll be back next Monday. All right, buddy. Well done, bud. Peace.